Hi guys, and welcome back to my podcast, Not Your Average Twink, where I talk about what I want, when I want, whenever I want, because I can. Now, if you don't know what a twink is, I'm gonna need you to Google that. Um, I am Jake Delphin. Start clapping. And that is the sound of my fake audience. I didn't say stop. Anyways, let's get into the video. <laughs> uh, hi guys, and welcome back to my podcast. I have actually been away for six months, I think. Um, it's been a long while. I've been in Europe, amongst other places. Um, and I actually got my computer stolen when I was in Europe. So that is why I haven't done any more of these episodes. I only just bought a new one and I was really scrimping and saving. So I had to wait for a good time to buy it. So I ended up getting it on Apple with cashback. So I got some money back. So that was good. But I am back now. Um, best I've ever been, actually. I got engaged in Venice. Uh, I was in... So I did a big travel... Um, I was in Europe for two and a half months, and then I was in Asia, India for another month. Um, so I'm a bit exhausted for traveling. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to travel anytime soon for a long time now. I'm sick of it, and I'm back ready to set up a routine again, but that is hard because it feels like I've been away for so long. Um, I start uni next month doing uh, my master's in teaching, so that will be good. Anyway, let's get into it. Um, today, actually, oh, actually, first let me talk to you about how I got my laptop stolen. Luckily, it was an older MacBook. I think it was from 2018 I bought it, but it was, you know, it was really sad. It was a rose gold MacBook, and I don't know if you realize, but they don't sell rose gold MacBooks anymore. Um, and I, the, literally the main reason I bought the laptop in the first place was because it was rose gold MacBook, because I was obsessed with rose gold back in the day. Um, but I was on the train, well, sorry, not on the train. I was heading from Brussels to uh, Paris, actually. And I had booked this bus. And Europe is very confusing. It was my first time there alone. So I was trying to catch this bus and I had my backpack. Keep in mind, my backpack was like a very flashy backpack. So I think this is probably the only reason I got stolen from in the first place. People would have seen it. And someone would have followed me and gone, we're going to take his bag. That looks like something that has something of value in it. Um, newsflash for them, it really didn't. I had my laptop, which they wouldn't be able to get into because it had the password and the fingerprint sensor. They did get 400 euro, I think. So <laughs> it worked out for them in the end, curse them. Um, but I don't know why they thought that I had any money because I was, I looked like a hobo the whole time I was in Europe. Anyway, they stole all my clothes, all my possessions, all my skincare, every single thing that I had, except, no, I, they stole my charger even. Literally the only thing that I had was my passport and my phone in my pocket, my AirPods, thank God. Um, if I hadn't had my passport in my pocket, I would have probably killed myself. But anyway, um, so I put my bag on the top of the bus to get in. And keep in mind, this is like a Flixbox bus where you have to actually um, show your ticket to get on board. So the person who stole my bag had a ticket, either that or the person who was getting uh, who was, uh, viewing the tickets to get on, had something to do with it also. And they were probably sharing the money. Um, but I put it above my head because I thought I don't want to put it in the under head carriage because someone's going to steal that because the bus is still going to be here for another half an hour while people still board. So I thought I'm doing the right thing. I put it right above my head and I look five minutes later and it's not there. And I go, what? And I was like, Oh, I'm thinking no one's taken it. Like we haven't even left, left yet. Surely. They just put it at the back of the bus or maybe the driver put it underneath or something. So I asked the driver, it wasn't underneath. Then I'm panicking. And then some lady tells me in French, so I had to get someone to translate, but some lady told me that someone had saw the bag, walked on board and then ran off. And I'm like, is that not something that you'd maybe tell me like when you saw it happen? But I guess you didn't think anything of it because who on earth thinks that a person who is on a bus with a ticket is going to steal a bag and then run away and waste their ticket. But anyway, yeah. Um, so I was really unhappy. I ended up spending my entire Europe holiday with two pairs of clothes, but it was still a fun holiday. So I'll take what I can get. I went to Europe. I'm not going to complain. <laughs> Anyways, this episode is for my mum because I was coming back. Well, sorry, I was on my way to Brisbane the other week and I was talking to my mum about wanting to buy a house because I've always wanted to buy a house. Keep in mind, I don't have a job at the moment. I'm not buying a house anytime soon. But I said to my mum, I was just talking to her about the housing market at the moment because 
don't know if you realize, but everything is super expensive. I don't think that's just an observation that I've made. It feels like at this point, I am almost unable to live with the Centrelink that they give me, which I'm not even on Centrelink at the, at the moment. So when I got, because I'd been away for so long, when I got back, I applied for Centrelink the day I got back because they the you get back paid from the day that you apply. It has now been over a month and I still have not gotten my Centrelink. And I was on Centrelink before, so it really shouldn't be that hard to give it to me again. But they keep asking me for like every single bank detail and every single bank statement, which I provided for them to the best of my ability, but I have multiple bank accounts. Um, anyway, but like, so for those who don't know, I get six, I think the average person gets $630 a fortnight on Centrelink if you're a student or I don't know if JobKeeper gets you a little bit more, but like our rent in Coburg just went up. They just wanted, they wanted to increase the price of rent by $150 a week for a two bedroom place. So it was 400. It's now they wanted 550. We said 520 or something like that. And they accepted, but isn't that just ridiculous? Like, my whole Centrelink would in effect go to me living in one bedroom here if I was paying rent. Um, anyway, <laughs> so the inflation rate I looked today is actually sitting at 5.6%. Uh, the most significant price rises in the last six months were housing, uh, and that went up by 8.4%. Then food and non-alcoholic beverages, which rose by 79 And then household equipment, furnishings, and services went up by 6%. So rent has risen 6.3% in the year to date from May, up slightly from 6.1% in the last 12 months. So, oh, and also on top of that, for anyone who has hex debt, they indexed it and it's, it went up 7%, which has never happened before. Um, and that's a hefty amount for someone who has like $25,000 in hex debt, like most people do. That's, I don't know, I'm not going to do the maths, but it's, thousands of dollars it's <laughs> um, thousands of dollars that I am not getting a year I'm not making thousands of dollars a year to pay that off um, so basically all I get from those numbers is that I am going to be unable to afford to live in the next three months but anyway um, I'm lucky regardless though because at the moment my partner is paying for my he's paying rent and I pay for groceries um, and he's not asking me to contribute heaps to the rent when it goes up which is good for me. I mean, on top of that, also, I have my savings, which most people don't. So I'm doing fine. I'm not going to sit here and say that I can't afford to live. But the whole point of having savings is that you shouldn't have to eat into those savings to live a normal, comfortable lifestyle where you can eat food. <laughs> but anyway, um, also, just an FYI, if my voice sounds weird, it is because uh, I am very stuffy at the moment. I've had that for the last two months, I think. So I don't expect it to go away anytime soon because we are coming into winter. Anyways, I've always wanted to buy my own house. Um, I think that's from, from an early age, I always remember I always used to look at, because my parents, keep in mind, this is Wodonga. It's not Melbourne where you can't afford to buy more than one house. But back in the day, my parents owned um, two houses and then also a unit. And growing up, I always envisioned that I would be able to do that, but better because you always expect that you're going to be able to do better than your parents in some way, shape or form. Anyway, I always thought, I remember when I was younger, I always thought I'd really love to have a block of units, have like four units and just make money off of those and then also have your job. But it gives you the financial freedom to not be able to you don't have to work full time if you don't need to. I could have one day off a week, hypothetically, and still be able to be making more money than most people who are working five days a week. Um, but it does take a lot of savings, which is the main reason why I've been saving up my entire life. I've been saving since I first got uh, my job at KFC, which was when I was 14 and nine months, I'm sure. Um, I basically saved up a majority of my money my entire life. Um, but obviously like, look, I've gone, I've gone away and I've done lots of things. So I've saved, but I've also managed to spend my money in ways that are important to me. But when I lived with Caleb in Wodonga, so we were in our apartment, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it an apartment, our house that we were renting out. I think back then rent was 250, but, and that was split between two of us. So I, or maybe it was, can't remember how much it was actually, but it wasn't as much as anything is currently. 
Um, but back then, I remember I was looking at buying a house and I thought within the next couple of years, I'm going to buy a house with my savings. I'm going to do it with Caleb and we'll put more of his money towards it, but I'll be really good at um, like budgeting and everything like that. Back then, the houses that I was looking at, keep in mind Wodonga, like you could buy a house for 200K. That's not a nice house. And so I refute the old people who say, you know, young people nowadays, they just want the best of everything. Like they don't want to buy a cheap, shitty house and fix it up and then have it as their first investment property. They want a $3 million house as their first house. That's not the case. I mean, maybe it is for people in Melbourne who are used to having nicer homes, but when you live in Aubrey Wodonga, most people don't have like a super nice house. They have like a $400,000, dollars house. So people, when you grow up as a, as a kid, you're not sitting there being like, I, my first house is going to be this $2 million mansion. Anyway, houses back then were about $200,000. So a lot less than now. Um, now in Wodonga, you're looking at $200,000 for a small plot of land. So extremely different. I would rather be in a house than sleeping on a plot of dirt. Um, <laughs> Now, it's great that houses, like the house prices are going up for the people who already own houses um, because they're making money off of that, obviously. And especially if you've already paid off your house, that's just free equity on your house. But for the people who can't afford to buy a house, it's just becoming more and more increasingly hard to buy a house. And on top of that, in 10 years time, you know, if I save now and I'm saving for a house in 10 years time, that house is going to be worth double what it was worth now, but I haven't been able to buy it, but I've also been saving up all my money. So it's a catch 22. Like there is no solution to this at all as a young person, at least because you either save up your money, the best of your abilities and you buy a house in 10 years time, or you save up for a house deposit and then pay a ridiculous amount in interest. And I was, cause I'm in a house group on Facebook and some of these people like obviously look you can't buy a cheap house so you're spending 10 years just paying off the interest and by the time that 10 years is up you look at how much you paid off of your actual mortgage and you paid off twelve thousand dollars like that that's what it's like that's what people are seeing um and i don't think i'm ready to do that because i would quite literally kill myself if i saw that Anyways, I did a little tiny bit of research, which is new for me because usually I don't do any research at all about anything that I'm talking about. Um, so let's get into the time machine and go back to 1980s Melbourne. Uh, I'm using Melbourne because I live here now rather than Wodonga because I think if you went back to 1980s Wodonga, a house would cost about $12. <laughs> so like my parents bought in Wodonga back in the 90s, I'm pretty sure. Um, so obviously Wodonga would be cheaper than here. I don't even know why I'm mentioning Wodonga when anyone who knows me is in Melbourne. Um, but the average house price in 1983, this is in Melbourne, was $64,000 Australian, which in today's dollar is around $200,000. Um, but we also need to take into account everything else, such as medium income, job prospects, blah, 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 blah. University uh, in 1983 was free, um, unlike today. So let's take into account. So in 1983, the average income was $20,000, uh, more than most people have in their savings right now. Um, <laughs> uh, the average tax in 1983 was $4,377. Average rent was 2294 Wow, I wish. Um, and so that leaves you with a rough disposable income of $12,300. Now, hypothetically, um, if you were to save 50% of that $12,300, that's $6,000. Um, it would take two years for you to save a 20% deposit for a house. If you're a good saver like me, it would take you less than two years. I was about to say, unfortunately, I wasn't born at this time, but, um, it's probably a good thing that I wasn't born in the eighties. <laughs> anyway. Oh, sorry. Um, so then let's skip to 2023. So in 2023, the average home price is 930000 in Melbourne. Now, it's a lot more than that. Like most houses are a lot more than 930000 especially if you live anywhere that's close to the city. But I mean, maybe a house in Sunbury is 930000 Anyway, the average person has a hex debt of $25,000 because university is not free anymore. Uh, and the average income is $90,000. Now, it's not. Um, that's obviously when you consider that CEOs and all these people with really high incomes are pulling that figure up. 
but I would say, I would say, and I think I read this a while ago, the median income was about $60,000, but obviously people who live in cities and a little bit more. Um, now let's say, uh, hang on, it's not, not, let's say the average tax was $20,000. Um, and then the average rent pricing per year in Melbourne was $28,000, which is a lot. That's a far cry from 2,294. <laughs> um, so then obviously you're also paying off your hex debt if you're earning over a certain amount, which I think is $44,000. So most people. Um, so if you were to save 50% of your disposable income, that would be $18,000, half of $36,000. Um, and on top of that, I really don't think people are saving 50% of their income because things are more expensive now than they were before. But anyway, um, that would take you 10.5 years to save for a 20% house deposit. Now, I know people have this whole smashed avocado argument where they say, you know, if, if, you, if millennials weren't uh, ordering $25 avocado on toast and a $5 latte every day, then they would be able to afford to buy a house. But that isn't true at all. Um, I was actually reading an article the other day and this guy said, I quote, $22 several times a week could go towards a house. That's entirely true, yes, because... We do actually understand that money can be used to buy goods and services. Thanks. Uh, very groundbreaking of you. <laughs> um, but the Australian Bureau, is it Bureau or Bureau? Australian Bureau? I don't even know. The Australian, I think it's Bureau. Australian Bureau of Statistics shows that. And let me just pull up this graph that I found. So young people are actually spending a larger percentage of their income on housing than they did back in the 80s and 90s. So we're spending less on tobacco, slightly less on personal care, slightly less on fuel and power, uh, a significant amount less on alcohol. Um, for some reason, oh, we're spending less on clothing and footwear. That surprises me. I'm, I would think with fast fashion and clothes being cheaper that we'd actually be spending more because we're buying so much, but clearly not. Um, spending less on furniture, less on miscellaneous commodities and services, less on recreation, less on transport, less on food and non-alcoholic beverages. And we are, we are spending 5% more of our income on housing costs. And that's either rent or, um, paying off a mortgage. So old people can say all they want that we're not um, spending our money on the things that they would have back in the day, but clearly that's not the case. And we have the statistics to prove it. By the way, I, um, my no, uh, ever since my nose has become blocked, I kind of use my tongue to speak a little bit more. It will go away, but it's very annoying at the moment. Cause I just listened to, uh, my recording before and I was like, do I sound like that in real life? <laughs> so anyway, um, I actually found a calculator online that will show you just how much you would actually save if you cut out the avocado toast and coffee every morning that I am not buying. I'm not a coffee person. I think avocado toast is a waste of money because I could make that myself. But I know a lot of just hypothetically anyway, if I hypothetically didn't buy my avocado and latte every day or soy milk latte or whatever the freaks like to drink now. Um, I would be able to save enough for a down payment on the 11th of September, 2094. Um, <laughs> that, so that's how much an average down payment is now. It would cost 26,000 avocado toasts to be able to save up for a down payment on a house. Um, the other side of this argument would be also that if I avoided buying avocado on toast at $20 per occurrence, statistically that would have a significant impact on the economy would it not because then if every single person stopped buying avocado toast surely the economy is affected i mean i mean don't they say that if people stop buying things consume if consumer data shows that people stop buying things and that means we're going into a recession um so if i don't buy the avocado toast and the coffee then how will any business stay open um but anyway and realistically, you cannot tell me, and the graph that I was just reading from before backs me up, you can't tell me that people in previous generations weren't buying just as many frivolous like products and food items as us. You cannot tell me that they were going out for dinner much less. You cannot tell me that they were drinking less because that wasn't the case. Um, tobacco usage was higher because everyone smoked back in the day. Alcohol consumption, consumption was higher. And I, I see so many old people in the comments sections all the time mentioning technology and other, you know, possessions that we own now. 
that the average person has and them saying that they didn't have those things back in the day. Like, for, an, for example, let me read out this comment that I saw on a YouTube video. Someone said, Avocado toast is just an example of one of the many things people waste money on. Whether it's the latest phone they must have to clothing, electronics, vacations, etc. People expect to have the latest and greatest right away instead of slowly climbing the ladder. If you can't afford to buy a house, buy a condo. Can't afford to buy a condo? Buy one further out and commute. Does this person not own clothes? Did they not buy clothes or a TV or go on holidays at all in their life until they managed to save up to buy a house? Because these are just basic items that everyone needs. Um, <laughs> this man's probably 60 years old and bought his home for three paperclips and a shiny nickel. Um, but, but like, also, you can't just say that everyone needs to go out and buy one further away because if that happens, then there will be no room and no one will be able to buy a house. Like, when people go, oh, we'll just go and buy a house out in Wodonga, for example. Well, if everyone goes and buys a house out in Wodonga, then all those house, the house prices increase quadruple, which is what we saw in COVID when people were moving there because they were working from home and they wanted to lower the cost of their living expenses. Like, everyone was moving into country towns because if you're making a city wage but then living in a country town. So they would just buy up all the houses, which then in turn made it even more expensive to buy houses in a place where the houses were cheap originally. Um... And also, like, okay, the main piece of technology everyone has now is a phone. People have either, I mean, most people would spend, I would say, at least $1,000 every two years on their phone because most people have a pretty up-to-date iPhone or Android or something like that. Now, let's say you buy a new iPhone every two years times 40 years of your life, which is a stretch because babies don't have phones. Um, Well, some do. Sidetrack, but... I cannot believe the amount of people that take their kids to the supermarket and then give them an iPhone or an iPad and let them... One, I would not trust my stinky, stupid baby to hold my $1,500 Apple product in the pram with... I would at least tie it to them. You cannot tell me that no kid has ever dropped their phone on the ground and then just gone, ooh, and the parents doesn't notice and then the phone gets stolen. I'm sure that's a regular occurrence at supermarkets. Um, But anyway... The, so take the Walkman, for instance, because I think that was the in product of the 80s. I know my parents had them. Um, so the Walkman, on average, was $150 at its inception. Uh, it originated, I think they made the Walkman in 1979 in Japan. Anyway, with my calculations, keep in mind my calculations don't really mean much because I dropped out of maths in year 11. Um, the Walkman cost about half the price of buying an iPhone in terms of income and percentage of your yearly salary. Um, Then we also have the fact that more people drove back then, so most people had a car, which is not the case today, especially in the city because it's too expensive to have a car and it's too expensive to park anywhere. Um, But you can't use this straw man argument of, oh, young people just want everything and we don't want to work for it because we are working for it not me, Uh, (laughs) and we aren't getting as much bang for our buck for literally anything because the dollar is worth so much less now. And you can say, oh, if you can't afford it, then just move to a small country town like I was saying before. But that's not exactly a fair argument to just tell someone to basically up and move somewhere tiny with less opportunity and less people just because they can't afford a house. And I know it's not a right, but is it not the Australian and the American dream to be a homeowner and buy a house? I know it's becoming less likely now and less people are wanting that, but I think that's because it's just becoming more un- more and more unattainable. I mean, I wanted to own multiple houses and now I think, will I own multiple houses? Maybe I'll have an investment property, but will I own four properties on a, on a unit block? No, impossible, unless I live with my parents, which is not happening. Um, <laughs> And to be honest, I feel even more sorry for the people who aren't good at saving because I have I know so many friends and family who have nothing to their name. And in one instance, I'd love to spend the money that I have and go and do fun things. I mean, I would have been able to, with the amount of savings that I have, I would have been able to have the greatest Europe trip of all time, but then I would come back and I would have no money. I'd much rather be scabby with my money and still get to do things and just I mean, quantity over quality, but you make a holiday is what you make of it. You can have an expensive holiday and have a shitty holiday, or you can have a really cheap holiday and have a really fun holiday. It all depends your attitude and who you meet and what you do. So 
Anyways, enough about me complaining because even though I like to do that a lot, it will get me nowhere and I will cry because I always envisioned having my dream mansion and that's not going to happen. But anyway, um, I thought I would go through some saving tips because, because without trying to sound like I am bragging, I know what I'm doing. I've gotten quite far with the way I go about my money. Um, and I'm always willing to share some tips because I always tell my friends and they don't listen to me. So if you listen to anything I have to say and it works for you, then you've saved some money and you owe me 10%. Um, so these are just what I wrote down. I didn't get it from a book. This is just what I thought of off the top of my head. That's worked really well for me. Uh, I think you need to learn to save without the need for a goal. I think that's number one. I find that most people nowadays, most young people aren't able to they're not capable of saving unless they're saving for something in particular. And it always shocks me when people, keep in mind, I haven't worked in three years. It always shocks me when people who work, I go, oh, you know, because I'm always down to go on a holiday with any of my friends. I'm like, I know people have less time, but I'm happy to go on a holiday. When you have the time off to go on a holiday, let's book it. I want to do a cheap holiday with my friends and I want to have fun. I've done it multiple times before. And it always shocks me when they go, oh, I would, but, you know, I, I would need to save up for it. And I'm like, oh, we can just go to Bali or somewhere cheap. You know, like I can guarantee you a holiday for under $1,000, everything included for a week and a half. And they're like, yeah, 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 but I'll need to save up for it. And I'm like, it's $1,000. And they're like, yeah, but I just need to save up for it. And I'm like, look, I'm sorry, but, and no judgment to it, a little, a little judgment, <laughs> no judgment to anyone. But if you don't have $1,000 saved up in your account, then you are doing something wrong. If you're debt free and you're paying off your hex debt or you're paying off a mortgage, then to not have $1,000 in your account is probably still dumb, but I can understand it. But if you are working full time and you don't have $1,000 in your account, then there's a problem and you need to sort out your money situations. My brother has more money than that saved up and he hasn't even finished high school and he has a significant amount saved up that is more than $1,000. And whilst he works more than me, He's still in high school. He hasn't even graduated yet. So to have not even $1,000, you're crazy. <laughs> uh, but I always found that when I was younger, when I first started saving, I remember when I first got my job in childcare, I think I was earning $27 an hour, which as an 18-year-old, wow, $27 an hour. Now $27 won't even get me dinner. Um, but back then, that was good money, especially because I hadn't been working in high-paying jobs before. I think I was getting 16 or 20 before that. Um, and I thought to myself, I've got a really good opportunity here to save as much as I possibly can so that I don't have to work as much. And I've never really worked all that much. I've never worked more than two days a week on average. Um, but I first thought, okay, I want to save up so that I just have enough money in the bank so that I can go on holidays whenever I want. If I want to go to Bali and there's flights next week, I don't want to have to go, oh, I need to borrow money from someone to book those flights. I just want to be able to have the money in my bank. So I saved up $5,000, I think. And I was like, yep, yeah, okay, that's, that's a decent amount. You can pay for any flights with that. I'll keep that in my bank account and then I'll keep saving. Then I thought about it and I, and I was booking holidays and I was going on holidays and the, really the money doesn't dwindle because the money doesn't go away because the, okay, you have that $5,000 and you book the flights, but in the meantime, you should still be saving up your money for the holiday. So in the end, the money that you had saved up previously doesn't even touch the holiday. Um, then I thought to myself, because Caleb had a car and Caleb bought a nice secondhand BMW and jealousy set in and I said I want to have enough money saved up so that I can buy a brand new car nothing fancy I just want a brand new I really liked Honda Civics back in the day so I just want to be able to buy a brand new car so I saved up enough I saved up twenty thousand dollars for Honda Civic and in the early stages of saving your money I definitely found that with each uh, new monument with each thousand dollars that you saved up it was it was an achievement you were really happy you were like you could see it tick over in your bank account and you're like, wow, I've saved up another thousand dollars. But then once you hit $20,000, it kind of, you, you start to lose track of exactly how much money you have and you check it less. And at least it's, you should check it less. It's not healthy if you continue checking your money so much as I've learned. Um, but I find that people aren't willing to save at all unless they're saving for a goal. So you need to be able to learn to save your money without saving for anything in particular. I mean, I think they say that you should save a minimum of 15% of your pay each week, which I think is a healthy amount if you aren't strict with your money and your spendings. So I think 15% is easy for someone who's working full time 
assuming you don't have kids or anything like that. But if you want to set yourself up and do really good, I mean, save up the maximum amount that you can without it affecting your um, enjoyment within your lifestyle that you have. Like, if you can still go out for dinner a couple of times a week or something like that, or go and get drinks, anything like that, but you can save up 30% of your wage, do it. Like, do you need, before you buy something, sit there and ask yourself, do you actually need to buy that? And if you don't need to buy it, but you just want it, that's fine too. Like I've bought plenty of things that are frivolous purchases that I didn't need, but that doesn't mean it needs to be a habit of something every week. I always look at when I buy things, I always look at it as a reward for doing something rather than just, well, I want that because I deserve it. I mean, do I deserve nice things? Yes, but maybe set a goal for yourself and then only buy yourself that thing that you wanted if you achieve that goal. Um, the next rule I have is know where your money goes. Uh, I said ignorance isn't a good look on anyone. Um, and I think that's 100% true. If you don't know how much money you earn a year or you don't know how much you pay of rent a week, that's a, that's a big stretch. I think most people hopefully at least know how much they pay in rent. But if you don't know how much you're earning and how much you're spending, then you're stupid, <laughs> quite frankly. Now, there's lots of good apps where you can actually, I know ANZ have just released one. It's called ANZ Plus. Also, Up have a good one. Um, there's lots of good apps where you can get graphs within your banking app where it will show you how much you've spent on food per week, how much you spend on groceries, how much you spend on activities. And that's all really important because sometimes you will be spending way more than you should on those things. And whilst it's okay to do it every once in a while, should I be spending $500 a month on eating out? Probably not, unless you really like to do it, but then you need to cut back money somewhere else. Um, And this is probably the biggest one of all, make your money work for you. Invest your money. And I think this is becoming more prominent with younger people now because we have the age of TikTok where everyone's trying to sell you their, learn how to invest, blah, 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 blah. It doesn't really take much to invest. I started investing when COVID hit and I had no idea what I was doing, to be honest. I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos and I made bank. Um, It's not hard to do. I, I think people get scared of the idea of losing money, which is very valid. Um, But if you don't like the idea of losing money, at the very least, put your money into the highest interest savings account you can get, which at the moment is ING, by the way, Um, 5.5% with ING. Most banks, I mean, with the current climate we're in, most banks do at least 4%. If your bank is not doing at least 4%, then they're robbing you and you need to find a new bank. Um, But I mean, just the other day, I actually did a projection guide. It was like a calculator that I found online based off of the interest that I would make. Um, So... Let's say hypothetically that I put in, hypothetically, if I had $100,000 to put in. If I put $100,000 in now um, with an average interest rate of 8%, if you invest in the S&P 500 or in any ETF, the average return rate is roughly 8%. I think it's actually 9%, but let's just go with 8% because that's easier. So let's say I put in $100,000. Um, with my interest, plus if I keep putting in $1,500 a month, which I don't like, I can't save up $1,500 a month now, but if I was working, I think that would be an achievable goal to be able to save up $1,500 a month. Um, that would get me $500,000 in 10 years, which is still really not worth much because in 10 years, that 1,000, uh, sorry, in 10 years, that $500,000 will be worth $12.50. But it's, it's, it's setting you up for something. And I know people who put in uh, money when their kids are born and just regularly invest in uh, ETS for their kids. And then by the time their kid's 60, they'll be worth like $4 million. Now, I'd rather be putting that on my house, but I can definitely see why that would be an appealing um, <laughs> thing to do when you have children, especially not knowing what the future holds for young people. Uh, The next tip I have is shop around. I said, act like your time is worth nothing. Now, I know this is easy for me to say because my time technically is really worth nothing whilst I'm studying because I don't have a job. But like I was on the, where was I the other day? I was on the tram with Craig and we're coming back from something and he wanted to buy something for his dad. And I said, oh, don't buy it yet. Wait until they have a sale on cashback because you don't need it at the moment. It's for a birthday present months down the track. Wait until they have a sale on cashback or shopback or whatever. And he goes, 
oh no, I, I want to buy it for his birthday soon. I said, oh, okay, buy a gift card off Shopback and it'll get you like 1% cash back. And he goes, that's not worth it. It's only like $2 off. And I was like, yeah, but it takes you two minutes to do. And in that two minutes, you might have only saved $2, but that's $2. I mean, it's not much. And for some people, that might seem completely ridiculous, wasting two minutes of your time. But what is two minutes of your time worth when you are not doing anything else and you'd otherwise be scrolling on your phone? I know for a fact that I've saved over $1,000, I think, on Shopback and Cashback just from buying birthday presents for friends, furniture, different stuff like that. I've Every time I go on a holiday, I'll use Cashback to get um, 10% back on any um, like Hotels.com or anything like that that I use. So it's, it's really worth it in the long run, especially if you don't have anything better to do. Um, I've also found Eat Club is one that I've really... Without Eat Club, I would probably go out for dinner twice a month and it would only be if someone invited me. Eat Club is an app that gets you percentages off um, restaurants when you book a table through them, through the app. And it has saved me so much money. Like sometimes I'll only be booking places if it gets me like last night we went out for dinner and I got 50% off the entire bill and the bill came to $30 and we ordered three plates of food and a drink. Um, And it filled us up. $30 for a meal for two people is cheap, especially when it came with cider. Now, just because I thought of it, I had to get up my Shopback referral code and also my cash rewards code. Um, So with Shopback, you get $10 if you sign up using my code and I get $30. Um, But you can also do this with people yourself as well. My code is capital C, lowercase z, lowercase e, capital K, capital F, 3. So if you would like to sign sign up for Shopback, that would be great because I am always needing some more money. I also have one for cash rewards and if you sign up for cash rewards, I get $25 and you also get $25. Keep in mind with also, keep in mind also with these purchases that you have to make a purchase of $20 or more within two weeks in order to get the cash back, otherwise it's invalid. Um, But they work great, especially if you like to go clothes shopping or something like that. You You can just wait until they have a really good time of year, especially end of financial year recently. They've had like 20% cash back on lots of different things. Um, E-Club, unfortunately, do not have a referral code. Um, you have to text people their number and then if you sign up five people, you get a $50 Visa card or something like that. Not worth it for me, but E-Club is really amazing. And I think most people don't actually realize that E-Club is something that actually works. They think it's a scam because I was looking on Instagram last night and so many people were saying, E-Club doesn't work. It's a scam on this post that E-Club had made. And I was like, clearly you've never used E-Club because I have about 50, sorry, I have like 40 or 50 restaurants that I've been to and save money. So I'm pretty sure it works. <laughs> and Eat Club customer service is really good because if for some reason the card doesn't work when you go to pay, you just collect the receipt from the merchant and then you send it to them and they'll give you the money in your account. They'll send it to your bank account. The fork is actually a really good one as well. Keep in mind, these don't work in small towns. It's But any big city in Australia, it will work. Um, the fork is kind of like Eat Club, except alcohol is not included in the bill. although. Last night, the place we went to, they did include the alcohol. Maybe it was because we only had one bottle of cider. Um, but the code is 841135, capital C, capital A. And that will earn you $10 off your next booking after you book your first booking. Um, they have lots of really good, usually the, it's either 30 or 50% off all food on the fork. I don't use it as much because it doesn't include alcohol, but it's still a good deal regardless. And if you're actively eating at these places anyway, you might as well get money off. It's not like these are they're, they're only advertising places that are shit that no one would go to. You'd actually be surprised to find that there's lots of places in the city that are big restaurants that are offering money off with these codes. And every time I sit at the restaurants and I eat there, I always think, are all these other people around getting money off as well or are they paying full price? And it kind of gives me this superiority complex where I'm like, haha, you're paying full price and I'm not. Um, anyway, so if you want to check those out, use my code. We both get some money back. Um, my other tip was travel. I, I know we're talking about saving money, but I think traveling is the most important thing you can do, not only just to have fun, but also to experience other countries in the world and realize that I might be sitting here complaining about the fact that I can't buy a house, but there are people in Africa that live in 12 square meter little house and their floor is made of dirt and they have a bed that's on boxes. Um, I was actually just watching a documentary the other day and I couldn't believe that that was how some people were living because I think, especially when you go to places like Bali and stuff like that, 
because there's so many tourists and you're used to seeing these nice restaurants and fancy shops and stuff like that, even if you're doing a budget holiday, you're kind of thinking that people are at least living in like apartment style houses, but most people are living in squalor. Um, and obviously they might not even see it as that, but it's very sad to see. I mean, traveling just teaches you so much diversity and cultural relativity. Um, and also you have fun whilst doing it. Um, <laughs> um, but if you're going to travel, like I've, I see some people at the moment, I have some people on Instagram that I know and they're in Europe and they must be spending a fortune, which is, is fine. Like if you, if you don't travel often and you want to have one big holiday and save up and spend all your money on that holiday, fine. I much prefer to do longer holidays or do more holidays whenever I want and still have fun. Like when I go to Bali, I literally spend $15 on a room and it's what you would spend $150 on for a hotel room here. So I'm not complaining. Um, but I think there's definitely ways that you can budget on holidays that get you a lot more bang for your buck. Like, for example, cashback. I was getting 15% cashback on all the activities that I did that I booked with Kluke and get your guide and stuff like that. You also have student discounts and stuff like that. And it's really not hard to fake a student card when you're overseas and just flash it. I was a student, but I recently um, photoshopped a card for my friend so that she had a student card and they don't question it. <laughs> And then there are also just some miscellaneous tips that I thought that I would give. These are all legal, technically. I mean, you might get banned if, you find out, if they find out that you're doing it, but I haven't yet. Um, I have actually, and for a long point in time, especially a couple of years ago during COVID, I was getting so much free HelloFresh and Marley Spoon and Every Plate and, and Dinnerly and all those different um, ones. Because if you sign up, when you sign up, they'll give you a free code to get free meals at, but it's not for you, it's for you to send to your friends. If you have multiple email accounts, and let me say, constantly make new accounts with everything that you do. Any single account that you have for any loyalty program or anything like that, make a new one. Most accounts will allow you to make two um, accounts with the same mobile number before they go. There are too many mobile numbers. Uh, there are too many accounts associated with this mobile number. So if you want a free boost, make a new account, set the birth date for tomorrow. I got two. I've never even tried Char Time or whatever it's called, but the other day I got two because I signed up and I got 50% off the first one with their code. And then I set my birthday for the next day. And then the next day it was my birthday. And then I got a free drink, even though it wasn't actually my birthday. Um, so HelloFresh, you can do that. You can send yourself out emails to get free codes and stuff like that. I also did it with Foods because I think Foods is owned by HelloFresh at the moment. Um, they just bought them out. Um, also, if you want to, I don't pay for my phone bill, but if you want to save money on phone bills, you can get annual phone bills now that are becoming quite popular. And the phone plans, you can get cash back with them, but also the phone plans, um, I guess it really depends if you value being a Telstra customer or not, because I'm with Telstra and I find that the coverage isn't any better. But if you go camping or something like that regularly, then it's probably worth it for you. Um, but you can save like hundreds of dollars. Some people are paying like $60, $80 a month for their phone plan. You can get uh, a year's worth where you get like 12 gig of data a month and it'll cost you like $150 or less, I think, even. And I probably spend more than, uh, I probably use more than 12 gig a month data, but I think for most people that's pretty manageable, especially for most adults who work and aren't out doing nothing all day. Um, everyday rewards and flybys are also, I, I, I've been pretty on and off with them because I don't spend that much on groceries, but now that groceries are becoming more expensive, I've really tapped into the everyday rewards, especially because flybys, I swear, scams me. But a tip for that is if you have a everyday rewards account or a flybys account and you, and you are using that account, sign up for a new account in the meantime, and then because that account's not being used, they will send you better offers. So then you switch between the two accounts or even three if you want, and you'll find that the minute you're not spending money, they'll offer you better deals to entice you back in. So I had a deal the other day for Everyday Rewards. I think it was spend $40 a week for three weeks and you got $30 back. So I don't know what the percentage off, what's that? 20% off or something like that in the long run. But I did that for three weeks and now I have $50 of gift cards in my account and it literally only took me a month's worth of grocery shopping. But like I said, you need multiple accounts. Otherwise, they'll end up sending you the shitty deals where it's like spend $150 for three weeks and get $30 back. And I'm like, well, I don't spend that much a week on groceries. But you really have to look at it as like a job to do rather than, oh, yeah, this is just a fun gimmicky thing. Because if you don't look at it as a job, you will forget about it and then you will not get the money for it, as I have learned. There's also a really good app. I don't use it myself, but I could see how it would be really good for some people. Um, there's an app called Raise. And what it does is you can set it to, to take a certain amount. So say, for example, every time you have a frivolous purchase, like a coffee or something like that, 
it will round up to the, to the nearest dollar and invest that money for you. And then by the end of the year, you'll have, at the very least, you'll have this money saved up that you invested from just taking slight bits of money of, from your purchases. But also there is a chance that that money could go up since you've invested it also. Um, I wouldn't use it solely for the, the trading feature because, I mean, if you're trading tiny little bits of money, it's really not worth it. But it's still good to use just to be able to save up money on your purchases. Um, I would also say call up and negotiate rates. Like I remember when I had my, when I was off my phone plan with Vodafone, because I had a two year plan when I bought the iPhone X when it came out. Missed that phone. Um, I remember afterwards, like, like my plan was still set the same. And I think it was like $60 a month or something like that, which is expensive. It was less expensive then, but now that's quite expensive. And if you call up and you're not locked into a contract and you say, I'm going to leave unless you give me a better deal, they will. You take whatever they give you that month. Then the next month you call up again. You say, I'm going to leave unless you give me a better deal. They give you another deal. Next month you do it again or do it every three months if you want. You really have to be assertive and consistent with what you do and be confident in what you're saying or otherwise they'll go, "Mm hmm. But like I've seen so many people even, I don't know who really uses Foxtel anymore, but I've seen so many people who have called up Foxtel and said, I'm leaving. And then they'll slash half off their plan, which is a massive amount of savings when you're spending, uh, you know, like 50, 60, $100 on something every month. I would also say if you know friends who have Netflix or something like that or all these different streaming apps, create a a little circle where you're all using each other so maybe everyone's only paying for one and you're all being able to use each other's because I'm doing that and I've never had a problem with it kicking me off and I know my friends watch just as much TV as me Um, and that's what worked really well for me because I actually don't pay for any streaming services at all. I get my Foxtel Go from my auntie, I get Netflix from Craig, I get Stan from someone else, I get Disney Plus from someone, I get Paramount from my friend Beck. So I basically have all the services apart from YouTube Premium, which I would like because I watch a lot of documentaries and I hate the ads, but I'm not willing to pay $20 a month for it. But also just make sure that every time you sign up for anything, and I mean anything, you're signing up for a bank, you're signing up for literally anything at all, a new food app or something like that, a loyalty app, Google if they have a referral code system. And if they do, just find someone's referral code online randomly and just use it. Um, I actually recently the other day started trading again and there's an app called Moomoo. I'll put the referral code that I have in because it makes me money and it makes you money. But I actually, so I wanted to trade again and I wanted to buy a couple different shares. So I thought that what I would do because Moomoo had this thing where you got five free shares if you signed up. Plus, you also got another two if you use someone's referral code. Well, they got two and you got five or something like that. But the shares are worth, like, it's a little spin wheel. And this is why I've always thought I would ne- I, I would make a terrible gambler because, and why I've never touched it. Because I was looking at the little spinny screen. It was like a spin wheel of which stock will you win? And you had five. And it was like a gambling addiction. I was sitting there and I was having so much fun trying to work out what one I was going to get. I think in the end I made... $200 just off of the stocks that I got from, from a referral code and from joining up. Um, and I made two accounts, so I made like $350 all up in the end. Um, but if you would like to use my code and sign up to Moomoo for five extra free superstar stocks, whatever that means, um, my code in all capitals is Y8UNJ9YM. Um, but yeah, if anyone wants to do trading, it's a good app. I would find, I've found that I'm, I won't be using it past the point of 90 days, but it gives you when you sign up 90 days of um, no fee stock trading. So I'm happy for the 90 days and then I will find something else afterwards. I mean, I used to use Perler, I think it's called, and I still have some ETFs in there that I've bought. Um, and I signed up to, I'm on My Millennial Money, which is a group on Facebook. It's quite good if you're looking at tips for saving money and stuff like that. And I just posted my referral code for Perler and I think I had like 10 people sign up with my code and I was like, oh, I wasn't even expecting anyone to sign up with my code, but it worked. So, and then I made money and they made money. Um, so just always look out for referral codes for anything that you sign up for because it definitely helps, especially when I hate when you sign up to something without realizing that there was a referral code that you could have gotten for it and then you could have gotten like a free drink or like $10 off and now you have wasted that because you can't sign up to it again. <laughs> Um, Now, I know all this conversation about money is daunting, seeing how expensive everything is getting, especially. And I know most people are thinking, especially my friends, I know most people sit there and think, I'll worry about this in a couple of years time. Like, I want to have fun now. Um, And you can do that. That's fine. But also set yourself up now so that you have the luxury of not having to save your entire life. 
I know that I'm not going to be saving this much money my entire life. I hope that there will get to be a certain point in time where I will not have to save at all and I will have enough money that I will be comfortable and won't have to do all these sneaky, stupid... I mean, they're not even sneaky, but, like, I won't have to waste all my time on shopback and stuff like that. But in the meantime, I'm going to do it. Um, like, sneak your alcohol in somewhere. I've done that before. Have dinner in the park. Sneak into a movie theatre. Do something for free. Don't order cocktails. Cocktails are ridiculously priced. People are spending like $200 in one night on cocktails. I have, I'm sorry, alcohol is like drinking. I, I like to drink. Drinking is not that fun that I'm willing to spend $200 on it in one night. And, unless it's a very rare occasion. Like I might do that for my engagement party or something like that. But otherwise, I'm not spending $200 on cocktails. Sorry. They look pretty. But once you're drunk, everything tastes the same anyway. Um, pack your own lunches for work or something like that. I mean, eating out is a treat. I don't think people should look at it as something that is an everyday thing like you should not be ordering food for lunch every day and you should not i mean i had an, a crazy ex-housemate who would literally spend upwards of 70 dollars a day or 80 dollars a day on uber eats and half the time she'd get it and then she wouldn't even eat it she'd put it in the fridge and then chuck it all out like it blew my mind uh, also last tip drink water i know yuck i hate water but i have just started drinking water and it has saved me a fair bit on what I used to drink because I used to drink a lot of juice. Now I'm drinking only water and I'm also only drinking water when I go out to a restaurant instead of ordering a soft drink. Um, and on top of that, I tried to save money because I worked out a couple weeks ago that SodaStream, I think, was slightly cheaper, slightly, especially if you buy one secondhand, slightly cheaper than buying soda water or sparkling water from the supermarket because they've gone up to 90 cents instead of 75 cents now. Um, so saving money that way as well. And also, if you really like kombucha, they have kombucha syrup. So you can make kombucha out of sparkling water and the syrup that they have. And it has the same amount of probiotics, but you're not spending $4 per day on a kombucha. Uh, anyway, anyways, that is all, guys. I am off. And my last advice for you is if none of this works for you and you think it all sounded stupid, then marry rich or thieve and plunder your way into a better life because that's the only way you're going to do it if you can't save your money. Um, I've tried. Don't know where all these millionaires are. Can't find one for me. But anyway, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and I will see you another week.